Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears. A proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. time. Hosted by Andrew Paul and Elizabeth Bonkink and produced by Lisa Pruden, the Well-Endowed podcast explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of how those endowments intersect with the community. You can check it out right now at thewellendowedpodcast.com. So chapter 19 of our novel took us on a journey to 19 Ads' abode once again. (laughs) A a trip back, if you will. Yeah, back to the gilded cage. (laughs) Uh, Sort of. From earlier on, uh, now turned into an information war room uh, as the coup is underway. Yes. And we have a bit of a reunion. Kind of. Between 19 Ads and the ghost of Yaskander that's living in Mahit's brain. Yes. Deals were made, secrets secrets were revealed. Indeed, and uh, a pact was made to preserve the Emperor on his throne for as long as he draws breath. And with that, 19 Ads takes our heroes to see the Emperor and into Chapter 20 of A Memory Called Empire by Arkady Martin. So as we sit down to record on this, our wedding anniversary. (laughs) I love you too, honey. We begin with some flavor text. Yeah, so our flavor text this time starts with some thoughts on invasion slash expansion from a Texcalon Lee citizen. Yeah, it's um, from Eleven Lathe, who I recall we've seen some stuff from Eleven Lathe before. I didn't actually go back and check. No, I think you're right. But um, the I title didn't go of, back and check either. The so. title of the book certainly rings a bell. And um, he, he's kind of talking about how living so far on the frontier of the Empire for so long has made him kind of a stranger to it. Yeah, kind of. It was a little bit, uh, if you'll forgive the old reference, it was a little bit Dances with Wolves. Because he was living with the Abrecti. Yes. Who've been kind of mentioned but yeah. not much else and, in this novel. and was so uh acclimatized and accustomed to his post there that when he saw his empire's ships approaching it kind of filled him with dread yeah because it was, it was actually an unwelcome sight to see his his own people approaching again yeah he'd been amongst this other people for so long that he had in a way kind of become one of them yeah. Not quite one of them, but not quite Tex Kalonli. Somewhere in between. Uh, the second is a private letter from Yaskander to 19 ads from presumably before his murder. It's undated. <laughs> one would assume. Um, asking her what she considers worth preserving. And that's um, that's an interesting question as we come into this chapter, which mm-hmm. uh, is, is a theme that's kind of hit on here. These two particular pieces of flavor text have uh, an interesting juxtaposition. Right. The first one is someone of the empire acclimatized to a quote unquote alien culture. And the second one is that the other way around. Someone from an alien culture who's become accustomed to uh, the Texcalonli Empire. Right. 
Um, it's also interesting, I think, just on the textual level, the question that Iskander poses to 19 ads in that moment. What, what do you think is worth preserving? Because he frames what she might consider worth preserving as her work. Yeah. Which is kind of an unkind thing to say to her, that the only thing she really cares about is her service. Is it, though? I don't think he's wrong, but I think it's a little unkind to say. I don't know that it is. Because clearly her life is her job. She is one of those people. Yes. That's, right? that's she definitely doesn't, fair. She doesn't turn off. No, she definitely does not. So, I don't know. We'll see a little more of that as we go through the chapter. Mm-hmm. It struck me that that little... That little excerpt there from his letter was, it seemed like the beginning of the end for Yiskander. It might have been. Like it, if, it seems to me if there was a turning point where 19 ads decided that he had to go, that was possibly it. Or almost certainly close to it. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So our conspiracy trio walks to the bunker that the emperor has been moved to, but they're not taking the streets because it's a little too dangerous and a little too crowded with sunlit right now. Indeed. We've already had that lesson. Yeah. uh, They don't want to be caught breaching curfew. They don't want to attract notice. So they're taking the tunnels underneath the palace. Like Disney World, the palace is built on a series of, of tunnels. Yeah. Three Seagrass talks about the palace in language that likens it to a flower where it has roots that burrow ever deeper into the earth, even as it continues to bloom upwards. Yes, exactly. Um, Which I thought was appropriately poetic. Very. And appropriate imagery for the empire, which has a lot of flower imagery. Absolutely. Very flowery. Um, But it's, it's certainly implied that the tunnels are the service system, which helps support the lavish lifestyle above. So it's probably the tunnels that security people move through that... Uh, servants move through. Catering. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's it's the tunnels where the stuff that they don't want in sight of the uh, yeah. of the court it's where you, takes you, place. Yeah, you bring in the supplies and send out the garbage. Uh, they pass numerous security checkpoints, and that makes sense because it's where the emperor is. Mm-hmm. If this were a video game and you were fighting your way through, you'd, you'd know you were getting close because of the uh, strength and number of guards. Yeah, they're very well armed. They're also in gray uniforms. Yes. Which uh, catches Mahit's eye because, number one, she assumes they must be a personal Imperial Guard. Makes sense. More so than the Sunlit, who are loyal to the Emperor, quote-unquote. More mm-hmm. so than uh, than anybody else. These are, these are the Emperor's mm-hmm. people. Well, we've already equated the Sunlit to the uh, Gold Cloaks from Game of Thrones, right? In that they are... Uh, they kind of belong to the city. It's, yeah. And they belong to the emperor in as much as they belong to the city because the city belongs to the emperor. Yeah, that's that's kind of a, a fair way to put it. Right. The guards being dressed in gray also stands out to me because it reminds her of the mists and the guards at the judiciary. Me too. And I don't think that that is... Uh, an accident? An accident. I don't think so either. I think that they are from the judiciary. Probably. I think that Eight Loop has assigned people to protect his majesty. Um, None of them are wearing cloud hooks either. No, that's something else I noticed. Uh, The deeper, the deeper and deeper they go, right, the closer they get to the emperor, the less technology there is and the more weaponry there is. Yeah. And Mahit, uh, again, because we're in her head, presumes that this is because the infiltration of the city AI by one lightning supporters is such that they can't trust their cloud hooks. Right. Um, and, and the sunlit, obviously, even more so, which mm-hmm. is why there's none in sight over here. 
19 adds even turns over her cloud hook before they get to the, I'm going to call it like the inner circle, because yep. maybe the city can spy through them. Mm-hmm. Or if nothing else, it's a distraction. Maybe. Right? And if your job is to guard the emperor, maybe you don't need a cloud hook to do that. Yeah, be focused and on point. Yeah. Yaskander admits uh, to Mahit he did not know about this bunker or these tunnels, really. This is <laughs> this is news to him. And uh, Mahit points out that uh, maybe not pledging his undying loyalty to the emperor is the reason why he wasn't privy to such trusted information. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, she's kind of bound to the emperor now. Sort of. So there's your trade-off. As they get to Six Direction's brightly lit room. Oh, six Direction and his sun lamps. 19 ads and Mahid are permitted into his immediate presence, but 3 Seagrass is held back. She does not have the security clearance necessary to approach His Majesty. Well, she's in the room. She's off in the corner. Of yeah, the room. but she's been ushered off to the side to wait, like, by the door. Yeah. Uh, the Emperor is not looking good. He hasn't looked good this entire book. No, but he's he's looking worse for wear. He's ashen gray. He's Too many sun lamps. Hasn't been uh, sleeping, obviously, though Yaskander points out emperors don't sleep. It's obvious that his health is failing, and yet he is able to greet everyone with a smile. He still has that commanding presence. His charisma. Indeed. That was not his dump stat. <laughs> In spite of everything, he's also kind of in weirdly jovial spirits. He always seems to be. Yeah. Somehow. Uh, Mahid is momentarily dumbstruck, in fact, by the fact that he like greets her with a smile. And Yaskander has to goad her into saying something. He threatens to take over if she doesn't do something. Yeah, she's, she's like, talk. standing there. Talk. <laughs> so she does. Uh, she explains the situation. Yeah, she basically re-delivers the story that she delivered to 19 Ads last Com- chapter. Complete with the legalities and just lays it all bare for him. And Six Direction quickly checks with 19 Ads and is like, hey, yo, does this sound legit to you? And 19 Ads is like, if I didn't think it was legit, she wouldn't be here. Totes legit. So the- That's a direct quote. Totes legit. No, it is not. <laughs> uh, the Emperor counters with another request for the Imago technology. Yeah, he's uh, not going to let that one go. He says it might have been his, but, and this is a quote, for 19 ads and the arrayed forces of science and the judiciary. Mm -hmm. So now we know who all was involved in that conspiracy to kill Yaskander. Yes. It wasn't just 10 Pearl and 19 ads. Eight Loop was in on it as well. Yes. Which also explains why she was so quickly able to call for another ambassador and why she had Yaskander's body in her basement. Yes. However, that still doesn't 100% convince me that I know where she sits in all of this. Well, notably 30 Larkspur was not apparently a part of this conspiracy, which, if anything, I think shows that 8 Loop and 19 Ads have never trusted 30 Larkspur. Probably not. And that's why he was not privy to this conspiracy. Mm Mm-hmm. Which means, if anything, he probably found out about the Imago technology another way, from some other source. Makes sense. Possibly after your scander died. Or there's another player at work feeding him information. That wouldn't surprise me either. He probably has spies all over the place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Just saying. Just saying. 19 Ads interjects at this point and is like, uh, must we go through this again? Like, the throne isn't... She, she kind of words it as a barbarian experiment in immortality. Like, she's not questioning the impulse for him to live forever, but she's like, this is not 
immortality. This is not the way to do it. This is not the way to do it. It's certainly like experimenting with this is on with stakes this high is not the time to be doing it. And she's like, I would love for you to live forever, but when your time is done, it's done. And like, I will be sad. Yeah. And that will suck, but you can't do this. Using an imago is cheating, basically. Yeah. Like, like, like we discussed chapters and chapters ago, right? About <laughs> about using someone else's knowledge for your own, as opposed to studying it and earning it for yourself. Yeah. And and basically, he's misusing imago technology. Very much so. Even by or Elsel, he would be, I should say. Even by Elsel standards, this is a gross misuse of the technology. Yes. Um. She also lets kind of slip that Mahit now has a working Iskander in her brain. Which does get his attention very quickly. Um, and she lets Yaskander out just long enough and then pulls him back. And I think that it's to make her point that she's not Yaskander anymore. No. And she wouldn't be anyway. She also points out there's a practical issue here. Because even if yes. she were willing to go through with the trade, which she is explicitly not at this juncture... She doesn't have an Imago yeah. device. She couldn't trade with him if she wanted to. She doesn't have the technology with her. The nearest one is at Elsel Station. and Well, a nearest working one. Yeah, and with his failing health, there's no guarantee it would make it in time. Mm-hmm. Well, she said, the like you can take the one inside me, but I'm in it, and there are two Yaskanders in it. And if you want a clean one that's just you, it's two months away yeah. on Elsel Station. And she almost brashly points out that she doesn't think he's got two months left. No, and he doesn't argue that point, actually, which implies he really that doesn't. he might not think he has two months left. And he does let it go. Uh, in fact, he even admits that after Yaskander's death, he had kind of let it go. He was just resigned to the fact that his advisors had made uh, a move against his wishes, but that it had effectively cut off this avenue. And he had logically given up the idea uh, that it would happen, but when Mahit turned up, it had given him just a little bit of hope that maybe, maybe yeah. he, wasn't, he could still do it. Uh, I, I believe what he said was he uh, wasn't expecting it, but he had wished for it. Indeed. And he turns his attention now back to 19 ads and the, quote, stupid rebellion. This very stupid rebellion. Uh, and she confirms that it is going stupidly (laughs) yes your stupid rebellion is going very stupidly but she also lays out some of the political situation that we had only been kind of grasping at yes in the last couple chapters very plainly Mm -hmm. uh one lightning is out currently committing atrocities at 30 larkspur's instigation in an effort to usurp the throne and 30 larkspur is uh undergoing an internal palace coup at the same time. In an attempt to usurp the throne. In the confusion. Certainly 19 adds is of the impression that he thinks that the eights will hedge him out if the emperor dies and they assume the throne. Because they probably will. Yeah, eight antidote and eight loop will form a power block and he's done. So this is his one chance to consolidate power before the official succession takes place. Well, and there was a bit about how eight antidote would probably be uh, first, right? Ranked above the other two because of his genetic heritage. Yeah, but he... Even though he's the youngest of them. And that would effectively have Eight Loop acting more or less as his regent. And yes. between the two of them, 30 Larkspur is essentially... The heir, third wheel? In, heir in name, yes. Yeah. Well, because as they mentioned before, uh, I believe Eight Loop 
has uh, not officially adopted per se. Yeah. But has also claimed Ada Antidotus her legal heir. Essentially, yeah. Right? So those two are extra connected. So yeah, once again, 30 Larkspurs shunted off to the side. And from the looks of it, probably rightly so. She also confirms a couple other power players situations. Two Rosewood might be dead. But even if she's alive, she's no longer in control of information. That's in 30 Larkspur's hands. And she says that Nine Propulsion over in the War Ministry is likely one Lightning's creature. And if she isn't, she probably will be soon enough. Yeah, which makes sense. The Emperor then offers 19 ads the Ministry of Information. It's like, you already know everything already. You might as well just be in charge of it. And she kind of politely declines. Yeah, she's like, eh, like I will if you like want me to, but I don't want to. <laughs> Um, and he admits that he's got something else in mind for her, though he doesn't elaborate on that at this time. Um, she then asks after, in fact, Eight Antidote, the heir. Yeah. And where he's at. And he okay? Six Direction confirms he's in the bunker mm -hmm. with the rest of them and asks for some assurances that 19 ads will protect him. Her response is essentially, when have I not had your best interests in mind? And both Yaskander and the Emperor almost at the same time are like, I can think of a couple times. <laughs> But they laugh it off, right? It's not it, it's not an angry, bitter thing. Yeah. Right? It's a it's it's a weird dark joke between them. It shows a strength of loyalty and friendship between the Emperor and Nineteen Ads that Mahit is almost envious of in that right? moment. Because she's like, I don't know that I will ever know someone that well that I could have that kind of exchange mm -hmm. that they would act against me in my best interests and i would be willing to forgive them yes and, and just like go on knowing that it's actually in my best interest even though it's not what i wanted yeah so with everything kind of laid out and no imago technology coming to the rescue the emperor turns to mahit and says essentially so i'm trapped in a bunker two of my most celebrated servants are currently destroying my city above us in an effort to unseat me and i am not going to live for much longer so what can we do with this information you brought me yeah. please do tell <laughs> exactly and mahit realizes that this is a test he might already have an idea what he could do with it but he wants to hear her say it mm -hmm. he wants to see if she's if she's on the level yeah if she is quote unquote political <laughs> and she steps up yeah uh between like, gloriously steps up she does such a good job between her her own experience in the city over the past what two weeks not even and yaskander's years of experience backing that up she basically says using this information you can beat one lightning and 30 larkspur all at once yes um because she has brought him solid information that their borders are not secure. And so this war is, in fact, illegal. And the borders are not secure because one lightning has not secured them. He is busy trying to usurp the throne instead of protecting the empire like a good general should. Yeah. So there's one lightning down. One lightning is basically painted as a failure. And he's a guy who's trying to make his claim for the throne on acclamation based on his successes. Yeah. And instead of going out and getting those acclamations... He's not. Well, not only he's that. He's come back to the city and is firing on innocent people. And not only that, but he's completely oblivious, apparently, to the fact that an alien menace is massing on their borders. So, uh, yeah, that guy has done a terrible job and doesn't deserve to be in charge of anything. Right. 
Meantime, 30 Larkspur is all for the annexation. He came out in favor of it. And you know who didn't come out in favor of it? Eight Loop. And that makes Eight Loop look real smart and sharp. And it makes it look like maybe she had an inkling about this. So it sets her up over 30 Larkspur. And it makes 30 Larkspur look like an idiot. Yeah. I mean, two birds with one stone. Yeah. So this is... uh... This is this is the last card. This is the ace up the emperor's sleeve. Like yes, one lightning has military strength. Thirty Larkspur has a whole bunch of inside people, but the emperor still has the law on his side. And he's still the emperor, and that still commands something. He might have exactly. lost. He's an old man who's lost control of two of his servants, but he still commands the loyalty of the people. Yes. And against the people, Thirty Larkspur and One Lightning have very little. And the law, for that matter. It's true. It's such a good master stroke that Six Direction and 19 ads are on board. This is the plan. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going to do. But it's also made clear that this message cannot come from anybody but the Emperor himself. Of course. The situation is so dire that if a proxy came out and was like, I speak for the Emperor, people would be like, no, you don't. (laughs) Shut it up. (laughs) You're You're just another jerk who's trying to, you know shore up power while these two other jerks are busy shooting at everybody. So the emperor needs to be the one to make this announcement. Yeah. Um, Mahid agrees to record her part of the message so that it can be broadcast. Yep. Um, The emperor's people argue over the optics of letting her clean off the blood first. (laughs) No, no, leave it on. It makes it look dramatic. Yeah, it makes it, it makes it look like even a barbarian was willing to make sacrifices to bring this vital information to imperial ears while Two supposedly loyal servants are out fighting over a throne that isn't rightfully theirs. Correct. Just makes them look worse. Right. But while Mahid is recording down in the bunker, the Emperor decides that he needs to make his announcement from the Sun Temple at the very top of the palace. Much to uh, 19 Ads' dismay. Yeah, and much to my dismay, as 19 Ads, 6 Direction, and 8 Antidote, along with a bunch of the personal guard, all then leave our point of view to go up to the throne. Yep. And it will take 40, 50 minutes before we get their announcement. (laughs) And I'm just going, well, what could go wrong in that time? Oh, all sorts of good things, I'm sure. I'm actually of the opinion we might not see 6 Direction make that announcement. I don't know. By the end of the chapter, the countdown was only at like 15 minutes. A lot can happen in 15 minutes. I know. And they've also been gone for that time. We don't know if anything has happened to them on the way there. It's a long trip back up to the top of the palace. I don't know. It's And 30 Larkspur and 1 Lightning are both on the field and making moves. I'm just saying it's awfully late in the book for things to go horribly wrong again. You'd, You'd be surprised. I know. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm absolutely right. I'm just They also mentioned they also mentioned that they need to find Eight Loop because having her there with Eight Antidote and Six Direction, even without thirty Larkspur, that's a sure sign of Imperial authority. Yeah. That's that's them essentially denouncing thirty Larkspur. Yeah. Which is why I don't think thirty Larkspur is gonna let it happen. Or he's gonna do his darndest to try to make sure it doesn't. Does he even know it's gonna happen? Oh, well, if he's got spies everywhere. And I think that there's one other player, I think there's one other political player in this game who we haven't been paying any attention to. Mm. I'll get to that. All right. Three Seagrass and Mahit share a quiet moment, (laughs) waiting for the announcement to begin. 
uh, where th- Three Seagrass finally has an opportunity to vent some pent-up grief over 12 Azalea. Right? She Now that they are actually having some downtime and she can process it, yes, grief. <laughs> she is allowed to have feels for a little while. And she kind of breaks down. Yeah. Uh, Mahit tries to comfort her by telling her, like, when this is done and we have an opportunity, you will write the greatest eulogy in history for 12 Azalea, and he will live forever through your words. So don't you worry about him. And We also don't know that he's dead. We also don't know that he's dead. I hold on hope. We have not, we have not yet seen uh, a body. He is still Schrodinger's 12 Azalea. <laughs> the waveform has not collapsed in the book, and we have yet no proof that he is alive or dead. So he is both and neither. It's true. But this also gives them an opportunity to finally have that intimate moment that they've been not quite... Having... They've, been, they've been sort of dancing around for a yeah. while, but have been too busy and or in danger to do anything about. And Three Seagrass confesses something to Mahit here as well. Something that she kind of had not exactly denied, but not exactly elaborated on earlier in the novel. Mm-hmm. Where she admits she is kind of a xenophile. And she is kind of attracted to Mahit because of that. But she also clarifies... Even if you were Tex Kalonlitzlim and I had met you, knowing you now, I would have been attracted to you. Yes. Like, this is... This I would is, still feel like this. Yes. This is not simply because you're an exotic thing. I actually care about you. I'm not that shallow. Yeah. And that's more or less where the chapter ends off, with the countdown ticking down to around 15 minutes, right. and, and our ambassador and her liaison. Having, having a little make-out session? Uh, not quite that. I wouldn't go so far as to okay. say a makeup well, session. Fair enough. Having having an intimate moment on the couch in a bunker. <laughs> in a bunker. Under a palace. In a in an empty room with nothing but a screen to watch the Emperor who will be on in, I believe, fifteen minutes. Yeah. There's so I had mentioned before there's one other political player that we haven't been paying too much attention to. Yes, indeed. We've we've dropped his name a few times, but we haven't seen what he's been up to. And he might yet have uh, an agenda and a role to play. Maybe. They're running out of book. Yeah. But he's been in the book and well, he was yeah. just in this chapter. I'm referring to Eight Antidote. Okay. Eight Antidote might have an agenda all his own. Maybe. He might have leaked the Imago information to 30 Larkspur. Maybe. If he's aware that he was going to be implanted with his genetic father's mind, mm-hmm. he might not have been all for that. And mm-hmm. he might have made sure to slip that information to someone. Quite possibly. And he might have a deal worked out with 30 Larks. I, I wouldn't want someone to take over my mind and body either, even if I was only 10 years old. Mahit and 19 ads are both of the impression that um, the eights are the ones who 30 Larkspur is concerned about. But what if eight antidotes cut his own deal with 30 Larkspur? Maybe. Maybe it's eight loop who is going to be hedged out. And 30 Maybe. Larkspur was going to be acting as the power behind the throne with mm-hmm. eight loops sitting on it. Or, sorry, eight antidotes sitting on it. That's quite possible. We don't know. And that could be the the final wrinkle in the plot. Maybe. As this countdown counts down <laughs> to what could be a very explosive announcement from the Imperial throne. No, it's very plausible. And it's entirely possible that 19 ads isn't as omniscient as she or anyone else believes that she is because mm. nobody really seems to have been paying eight antidote any mind so much so that 19 ads had to ask the emperor 
Do you know where Eight Antidote is right now? Because she didn't know where he was during the coup. She didn't know where one of the three Imperial heirs was during the coup. Mm-hmm. But, but if I... he was, if he was whisked away for safety, yes, right. But that the fact remains, she knew where the Emperor was, and he was whisked away for his safety. But she didn't know where Eight Antidote was, which I feel is maybe a little bit of an implication that Eight Antidote is usually a little beneath her notice. And if he's a little beneath her notice, what might he have been getting away with while nobody has been paying attention or paying him much mind? Fair point. Fair point. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm not saying I have any concrete proof. I just, I feel that they've built up this tense moment by not having the announcement happen immediately by having it take place in a less secure location, far from our point of view characters, after a huge amount of time has elapsed. And I mean, you might say 30 minutes is not much, but in this crisis situation, it's enough time for anything to have happened. Like you said earlier, a lot can happen in 30 minutes. And I feel like that's going to be our climax, is this speech that is either going to save or doom the Empire. And... I don't I don't know that it's going to go off as planned. And I don't think one lightning is going to be able to reach there in time, but 30 Larkspur is inside the house. The coup is coming from inside the house, as I've previously said. So he is in place to act. And if he has an inside man, and that inside man is 8 Antidote, who's been a little beneath our notice in this book, too. Well, not beneath what a our notice, but not talked about a lot. What if what if the master stroke isn't coming from Thirty Larkspur? What if the master stroke is coming from Eight Antidote? Maybe it is. We don't know. We don't know. Um, but, but we it, will find out. We will find out possibly as soon as next chapter, chapter twenty-one of our novel, which you'll want to read up on Absolutely. in time for next week. Um, and uh, in the meantime, here is an ad. Alberta loves its forests and its shows. In the last 20 years alone, Alberta's forest industry planted and nurtured 2 billion trees. Strategic harvesting is helping slow the spread of the mountain pine beetle. Take that, you scourge of infestation. Oh, and Alberta's forest industry creates enough green energy to power four cities the size of Grand Prairie. If that doesn't power your heart in the process, chances are you need to learn more about your relationship with Alberta's forests. Go to loveabforests.com. See how Alberta forestry products. They, yeah. they make products from forests. <laughs> and they are a and they are a supporter of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. So um you can check out other podcasts from the Alberta Podcast Network right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com on the CKUA app where they are all graciously hosted and of course on your podcatchers of choice yeah whichever one you like there's a lot out there yeah uh while you're on that podcatcher you should also maybe think about possibly giving us a rating and a review because that certainly helps maybe, us maybe kind of sort of it would be nice we would we would appreciate it maybe we should uh we'll look at we don't we don't have much <laughs> we're a <laughs> we're a small podcast we are but we might be able to to put together maybe a, a draw or something for someone who's left us a review. I don't know. We'll, we'll maybe a fancy bookmark or something. Ooh. Something reading related. We're so, we're so we'll, we'll discuss it. Uh, no promises, but maybe <laughs> something to look forward to for next book. Yeah, maybe. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, you can also check us out on social media. Yes. The standard collection. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Goodreads. That's our list. Yeah. Uh, we're at the read-along at basically all the you can send us an email if you like. We have an email address. Yeah, the readalong at gmail.com. And as always, and ever, we'll see you next time. Grand speeches, maybe. Maybe.
Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. <laughs> <laughs>